Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. With your boy Oso. And your girl Rocky. What's good, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Another one, and I am excited about this episode. Yes, this one is going to get a little juicy, a little spicy, a little short, short morning thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So today's episode is sex positivity. Mm -hmm. As in plus, as in... We're being positive, as in we're showing our actual gratitude and appreciation for the bodies that we have and how we're able to connect with them. You know? We'll go more into it in the rest of the episode. We'll we'll get into it. It's going to be a spicy conversation. Right, and it's probably going to be multiple episodes on this Right, you know how we like to do our series. (laughs) We haven't decided on it yet, but I mean, sex is a a topic that we can always talk about. It's a pretty broad topic. Even though we haven't, check out our previous episode, Sex, Shame, Judgment, and a Guilt Trip, Mm. uh, where we talk about more of the the sex negativity that's been a part of the culture. We definitely Um, touched on that, that is true. But outside of that, I don't think we've really just... Talked, talked about, about sex. sex. Yeah. So if you have any questions about sex, any things you, that you want us to discuss about sex, feel free to let us know. Comments uh, in the on our YouTube channel. Send us messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. Um, and while you're at that, subscribe to our YouTube channel. For sure, y'all. <laughs> um, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who has subscribed. We yes. made it to our... 50 plus mark. Yes. yes, let's go. You know, 50 we did it. Subscribers 50 on subscribers. YouTube, so, shout baby. out to y'all. Yes. We appreciate you for subscribing so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to do something. I'm cooking up something as like a celebration. Like, maybe do like a, a just like maybe behind the scenes of how we do an episode. Maybe something else, something fun. Yeah. Maybe us dancing. Maybe something some where you see a little bit more of our personalities mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, just to celebrate the fact that we got to 50. Yeah. Um, it may not seem like a big deal to some, but we appreciate every last one of yes, y'all. Yes. Because we, we see the growth. Right. We, we see so the growth. Thankful. We're so at the thankful. beginning stages. You yeah, know, yeah. we already know that this is a process. We ain't trying to just like. Uh, fake it and like get a whole bunch of bots subscribing to our yeah. channel and all that. We want some authentic people. We want some authentic conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, we appreciate you. And also, shout out to Sister Terry Lynn of Sisters Mentally Mobilized. She's Ooh. definitely been supportive of our show. And okay. I'm definitely appreciated of it. So thank you for listening, sharing, and donating. <laughs> oh, definitely appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. Right? <laughs> Growth takes money, <laughs> but um, sure. but yeah, we are so thankful to all of our listeners and uh, watchers. Yes. Um, any other tidbits? Any any other like, church announcements uh, we got today? Right? I uh, think I think that's good. Think we good, y'all? Yeah. Think we good? All right, so let's start with our two sides of the same coin segment. All right, y'all know oh, how we so do. So you got the coin, right, chill. We gonna flip it, call it, and then we gonna talk about it. 
Mm-hmm. So whoever wins this coin flip, uh, heads or tails, we'll pick, uh, is going to go first in the conversation and give their opinion. And then the person will follow up with theirs. And then we usually have a, a general conversation about it. This is for those who aren't familiar with us. For y'all who have been diehard listeners, y'all know how we do. Oh, I remembered another church announcement. (laughs) As we are moving into the holiday season, make sure you check out our very early episodes where we actually dedicated episodes towards the holidays. holidays. So beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. We everybody loves that episode. So like you know, not to toot our own horn, you know. But it's a fun one. Everyone, the holidays are fun. Yeah, everyone who's listened to it has like given us good feedback yeah. on it and, and said it's been fun. So um, definitely check that out. That was like some of that our early one, episodes. Yes, and I know um, a lot of people have been recently listening to our, our older one. Um, this Christmas, your Christmas, my Christmas, oh, our Christmas. When we went through the song. We have a Ooh. whole playlist of them black Christmas y'all. songs, y'all. We was having a good old time up in here. It was great. So we'll probably <laughs> record a video just dancing to it and put that on YouTube. Yeah, but check that one out. Um, I think the one I put in my stories was gift giving, but are you living? Mm. So addressing the gift giving season. (laughs) Uh, So check that one out. Check out It Takes a Village as some are going to be with family. <laughs> yes. Be so. aware, COVID is still out here. That shit is okay. real. Matter of fact, it's brilliant than it's ever been in right? the U.S. Increasing. So. Um. So yeah. So it takes a village is talking about family dynamics. Uh. So really check that one out. Yeah. Um. And then I think there's another one. I'm spiritual, not religious, but you can still celebrate Kwanzaa. Uh. So check that one out as Kwanzaa is also part of the holiday season mm-hmm. and something that we celebrate. Yes, it is. Yes. We'll probably have another episode on that this year, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We have, yeah. I don't know. We have so many other topics. Like, <laughs> because we've addressed some of those, we, we're like really into like stuff like this, yeah. sex and positivity right mm-hmm. now. So The holiday season isn't always going to be a new episode for the holiday, holiday season. You know? you know? This ain't a sitcom. <laughs> you don't always get a Christmas episode. Right. <laughs> yeah. But check out those previous episodes. If you do, yeah, if you're in that mood, we definitely did go over it. And it was yes. a, a very heartfelt, uh, I, I felt the love yes, through the episode. Yes. Yeah, so for sure. So check those ones out. <laughs> All right, back to this episode. <laughs> right. All right, so I'm going to just get to it. Let's flip the coin. Go ahead. You calling this sound first? Sure. All right. What Tails. You got? Tails. Let's see what it is. It's a good flip. Yeah. Y'all saw it. Damn, any one. Hey. It's all the one that would have been smoother, right? Hey. It's cool. <laughs> all right, so our first question is, how did you learn about sex? Oh, I'm glad you went first. <laughs> Do tell. All right. I'm comfortable over there. I'm about okay. to. I'm about to. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> So, yes, please share with us your experiences in our comments on YouTube. Again, send us messages. Um, Yeah, we're interested in hearing your stories. So, how I learned about sex. um, So, I would like to start by saying that my sister had a child as a teenager. Mm. And my parents had my sister when they were both 18. So, and teen pregnancy just ran and... My dad's side of the family. So my dad was very concerned, you know, when I came along, especially because with his first daughter, to him, that cycle had continued. 
So he was trying to break that cycle with me. Mm. And with my sister, he didn't talk about sex at all. He relied on my mom talking about sex with my sister. But my mom never talked about sex with my sister because she came from a very religious background where they didn't talk about sex. So basically, nobody was talking. Nobody was talking about (laughs) sex. So my dad was like, let me do something different and talk about sex. Okay. (laughs) Right? So um, it was more of a just a general conversation about sex, about my sister having um, my niece... Uh, early and like I remember him showing it wasn't anything actually educational about the act which is kind of what I needed (laughs) but it was more so (laughs) like people talking about sex so I remember like maybe some Dr. Phil episodes and some other kind of panelists where there's teenagers and parents just talking about sex. It seemed like he was trying to like invoke like a yeah, not most, not to get you excited about it, to more like warn you against. No, it it wasn't. It wasn't in. I mean, it wasn't like shaming, but it wasn't coming from the lens of like it's great, it's enjoyable. Well, no. Right. Yeah, but it was. It was just like. It was educational without getting to the actual educational of the act, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like it was educational for the nineties. Like it wasn't. We are a lot more, especially as sex positivity is growing, we're a lot more... Talking about orgasms and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, we're talking about the logistics a lot yeah. more now. Uh, versus then, it was just talking about sex in general like it was a normal thing. Gotcha. You know? So, I definitely appreciated that. Especially because once I started sex ed in middle school, th- where they were talking about the logistics, I don't remember remembering the class so much because that was definitely very... Sh- just negative it was only the stds it was only the the pregnancies like it was only all the shit that could go wrong they didn't talk about pleasure at all so i really wasn't paying attention but i know like in sixth grade like our first sex ed class it was Mm -hmm. co-ed and nobody could say the body parts without giggling so my teacher actually had to bribe us and was like all right whoever says the body parts without giggling gets a piece of candy like that's how shameful it was to talk about these things including our body parts right um so yeah so that and then i think as i started getting older especially as i grown into womanhood i started seeking out more logistical educational sources about sex um to learn things i had never learned before like the different types of orgasms and just like just different things within sexuality. There are different. Let me stop. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. Like I started following a lot of sex positive pages on Facebook mm. and YouTube series that were talking about sex in a positive light oh, and yeah. educationally. You can find it a lot. Yeah, you can find a lot now. That's what I'm saying. It's a different conversation now. Yeah. You know. Um. But yeah, what about you? What did you learn about sex growing up? Alright, so at a young age, uh, I remember getting like the book, the stereotypical book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I, what think, I, mean? I think I was. Yeah. <laughs> you know how parents do when they're like, "Yo, this shit is too awkward." Uh, I'm gonna just throw exactly. this at you. Exactly. Hey, read this. <laughs> and I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. <laughs> I'm like, what? The so uh, I got the stereotypical book, but like, I was curious. Like, first, all right. So first off, um, this is it's a little bit of a disclosure, but like, I, I don't really care. Keeping it real with y'all. Um, so early on, I used to masturbate hella early when I was young. Like, I remember that shit. Mm-hmm. Remember the feeling of pleasure, sexual pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, earlier on, um, and being like, "Yo, I don't like this shit." I I did. I just used to do that shit all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, I think my parents knew that, and they did a good job of not shaming it. Okay. Uh, but also 
not like obviously not supporting it either uh and more so making it around privacy so you do that in private right you do that Mm -hmm. in private um i just was like i took that as do that in secret don't get caught (laughs) (laughs) as a young person you know what i'm saying so i'm like three four five Mm -hmm. around that age when i figured that out so i was like look getting popping like what's up um it felt good so i learned about myself internally when it comes to pleasure mm-hmm. then um fast forward to the book being thrown at me <laughs> so like what age was that i honestly don't recall when it was but it was probably because my brother's two years older uh, around when he was mm-hmm. like going through puberty and as well stuff. some information right. is gonna seep through <laughs> so if, if it's gonna go that way right mm-hmm. i guess the assumption from my parents was like all right if you're gonna go this way might as well just mm-hmm. have it so the space to you know Teach the other young about it. So I remember getting that book. Uh, I remember examining the pictures and being all fascinated and all that other stuff. Um, And I learned a little bit about puberty and about sex and how it's uh, mostly about reproduction and everything else like that. And then when I got to high school, they started, because I went to Catholic school at Benedict's. That's when they started teaching me all that um, abstinence only shit. Wow. Yo, your boy was rocking. An abstinence ring. Really? Yes. Because oh I actually did like my. the ring. It was it was, was kind of dope. It was like sterling silver. It was nice. They made they they was good at they trying to get you, boy. Wow. But that ain't last long because I like doing what I like to do yeah, since three years old. To, yeah, three years old, baby. You know what I'm saying? I got what? How many years is that in the game? Twenty six years in the game. Pleasure in me. What's up? <laughs> You think you're going to stop me with a little ring? <laughs> I did not know that about you. What, that had an absence ring? Yeah. It was for like a week. <laughs> like <laughs> That adds up. <laughs> that shit wasn't going to last. I was like, oh. They tried to really shame me for feeling bad about um, uh, masturbating and all that other stuff. Uh, so I was having sex at, um, in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I, first time, I think I've talked about it on the show. I, I lost my virginity um, in my first year of college. Mm-hmm. I was 18. I was a responsible young man. <laughs> you also went to all boys school. I did, but I still had plenty. Let's just put it this way: all the fellas at Benedict's didn't have any problems with okay. women. <laughs> okay. Well, excuse me. Just put it that way. Well, I can't say all, but most. Uh, yeah, we was the school that most of them okay. liked. You know, like well, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, they tried to get me to be ashamed of masturbating, and that shit just was not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like. So then it was that, and then kind of like on your journey, the same way. Like after that, I get to learn on my own and have the freedom to learn on my own. So and choose who I'm learning from. I learned to be a beast, you know, out here in these sheets. <laughs> so shocked the because I was interested in it. I always wanted to learn. Once I first learned how to pleasure myself at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Me being an empathetic, loving person, of course, I want to please whoever I'm with in the same way. So I turned into a person who likes to satisfy their partner first, you know, like, and and I get off on pleasing my partner. So mm-hmm. that's how I got to all all of that to how I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was quite it's a, a journey. journey. Yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, so in considering how we both learned about sex and how a lot of people learn about sex mm-hmm. in society. What advice would you give to people who want to talk to kids early about sex so they have a healthy and pleasurable sex life later? What would you say to those parents or to those people who want to talk to kids about sex early? 
Mm. What would I say to them? I would probably say if if you're not the one teaching your child about sex, then you're leaving it up to the world. And the world of sex is not always positive. So you can instill sex positivity into your child mm-hmm. um, when it comes to consent, when it comes to pleasure, when it comes to um, uh, finding the right partner, uh, sexual compatibility, all those things. Mm-hmm. That's That that can make him or her, them, a great like sexual member of society. <laughs> or you can leave it up to society to tell them what sex is, what it means, mm-hmm. how it should feel, mm-hmm. what is good, mm-hmm. uh, etc. And the world is oftentimes preying on younger people because of that ignorance mm-hmm. when it comes to sex, whether it comes to the mechanics of sex mm-hmm. um, or when it comes to like the emotional ties and emotional connections sex may have, sure. uh, the power dynamics sex may have. So all that can be put onto your child without you knowing. So if you're not being an active participant in structuring the way that your child sees and views sex, um, you're leaving it up to some very dangerous influences. So that's number one. Number two, I would say you want to stress positivity, like that the stuff that we're going to touch on later on in the episode, because mm-hmm. that leads to more healthy sexual relationships rather than uh, restrictive and negative uh relationships where you feel kind of like that shame that yeah. I, I felt for a week mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. but what about you what would you say to someone out there who's a parent mm-hmm. who's like uh, what the fuck do I do with this <laughs> the sex shit hold on now so, I just got in the game with this I don't need to know I don't know what to do yes so again I think the the focus was on, on the end of that question if you want them to have a healthy and pleasurable sex life later Mm. okay facts because you could you know some other shit yeah studies have shown that abstinence does not work (laughs) like just saying abstinence only case study (laughs) it does not work okay however studies are showing and i think we've had actual experience with our teenage clients that the more education they receive the more they choose not to yes yeah because they understand like some of the consequences that can come with it Mm -hmm. um if they hear stories uh, that's why it's so important, parents. Don't be so ashamed yeah. of your there's past. Nothing, there's nothing to be ashamed about. <laughs> like those stories, like having it connect with, like, oh shit, my dad or my mom mm-hmm. went through that. Oh damn, that connects more than like a movie that they might see. Well, depending on the movie, some movies are really good. <laughs> but that connects more than like any like other abstract thing or example mm-hmm. that they they can give them. That's you. They're yeah. they're like head figure. Mm-hmm. Being Honest. affected, and, uh, yeah, and affected by something that they might seem is so huge. Mm-hmm. Now you bring it back down to their size, and they can digest that and be like, "Oh, well, if that happened to you, I can make a different decision." Mm-hmm. You know, versus it being like, "Oh, well, my dad's perfect, uh, so I have to live up to that," and then that that creates pressure, and then you just kind of like succumb to that. I think there's also more discussion about the emotional toll. That it takes. Yeah. And how you need to does. be emotionally ready. And yeah, find compatibility and connection with your partners and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So more people are like, well, I'm not fucking with anybody. So I'm literally not fucking with anybody, you know? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Especially if you're younger. Yeah. You are like literally constructing your own self at that time. Yeah. And you tie in sex, unhealthy sexual connections with that. Mm-hmm. 
It's gonna Ooh, that impacts man your view of yourself, especially yeah. women and girls. Yeah, yeah. It can yeah. be very brutal. It can be mm-hmm. very bad. For sure, for sure. So, so I our, agree. I agree. So okay, so that out of the way, it, you need to talk about sex early. That out of the way. Okay. Number one. <laughs> number one. Before we even get to what would you tell them, number one, you need to tell them. Gotta talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um. So the first and foremost is you need to talk about body parts. When I went to Jamaica, I was volunteering at a school there and I had a classroom full of, I think it was six to nine year olds. And we were going through the ABCs of body parts. And when we got to pee, they shouted out penis. When penis! we got to V, they shouted out vagina. Vagina! With no shame, no even hesitation. They shouted out penis and vagina just like they shouted out arm and head and belly button. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> we don't have that in the States. I've not seen that age group be so just willing to acknowledge a body part. And that's when I realized it is just a body part. Why is the name so shamed when it's just a body part? Thanks to religion. I mean, that's where it's coming from. But, and then studies are also showing the more you teach children about their body parts, the less opportunity sexual predators have of manipulating them. Right. That's why I was so glad that my parents did kind of like in a roundabout ways do what you were saying because mm-hmm. it's like they gave me the pamphlet and the book whatever which mm-hmm. showed the body parts and all those other things and explained some of the stuff mm-hmm. but the first thing they taught me when I was like masturbating when I was younger three, four, five was privacy mm-hmm. so it's like I knew like okay this is me like this mm-hmm. is something I do this is my thing mm-hmm. I can pleasure myself but it's private it's not like something else so I knew if anybody else tried to touch my shit I'm like oh what the fuck you doing mm-hmm. that's my dick <laughs> Get off me. What you doing? Like, so I, that's very important. Yes. That's a key point. Actually. And like, think about the, some of the names that like my sister, oh, yeah. for some reason, <laughs> decided to tell my nephew that his penis was called chicken. Every time you tell the I story. Don't, I don't, she was not prepared for that question and answer because oh, why? That's, that's why? one of the worst. That's bad. Why? So if someone is talking outside of the family, talking to my nephew when he was young, and my nephew's like, someone touched my chicken, how the fuck are they supposed to know? They never had chicken in the house. Right? Like, see? No. And then, like, (laughs) for for the girls, flowers and pocketbooks. Like, penis and vagina, y'all. Yo, cookies. Penis and vagina, y'all. So that way, if they are telling someone who doesn't know the name that you didn't gave these things that are body parts, they're jar. able to, to step in and help if something is going on. Right. Okay. Instead of it just being some like vague ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, could, that could fuck shit up because then you won't really know. Like there's no misunderstanding penis and vagina. Right. <laughs> someone touched my penis. Okay, who we got to fuck up? That's very clear. <laughs> okay, who we got to fuck up and charge and make sure they never see the light of day again? Very clear. Yeah, especially because so often molestation happens within families. Right. So if everybody's clear about everything, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Predators and those who are looking to take advantage of people, mm-hmm. they thrive off of undefined boundaries lines yes mm-hmm. they thrive off of chaos and ambiguity like because eh, mm-hmm. then you can wiggle your way into shit exactly if shit is clear like nah we not having this mm-hmm. then there's like a person who's like well can we no no, 
But with it, no. No. Exactly. Well, what are we? Uh, nah. nah. So there's no wiggle room. And I think your parents could have taken it a step further with privacy and teaching you consent. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been the line in the sand, right? And in privacy, like my private parts, you know, like, yes, that's to you, but it's also like understanding the consent that comes with that privacy. Right. You know? And in taking consent outside of sex, you can teach kids consent about hugging, you know, like forcing your children to hug people. It's like, ask them the question. Do you want to hug? Because if they don't want to hug a family member that you're always telling them to hug and some shit then happen, you're like literally forcing your child to experience trauma. Right. And hugging your abuser. Like, yeah. Because you don't know what happened because they didn't weren't able to communicate to you what happened because they didn't have the language to. Education. It's a vicious cycle, y'all. Education. So, if you're someone who is a parent out there listening or watching, um, yeah, this cycle of of just not communicating sex and and not being able to truly educate your part, your child on this, Mm -hmm. it can end with you, man. You can you can be the person that stops this cycle of just miseducation and this environment where those predators that we're talking about can kind of slip their way in yeah we don't want that and for anybody for any family exactly and consent is teaching them those boundaries it's teaching them their agency their power of choice and why wouldn't you want your children having that right i know it's a little uncomfortable but hey i'd rather a little discomfort when it comes to a conversation (laughs) than have my child be put in a position where they're being harmed psychologically, physically, sexually, and otherwise. Like, that's just, that's too much. I can't have that. And understand that your discomfort is your work. Right. And even through all of that, knowing what we know about the outside world, your child still might be subject to some type of assault or some type of abuse. So It's better to prepare them. It's much better to prepare them. And then at least they can have a framework from which to process some of that trauma. Exactly. Because when something hits you and you don't even know what the fuck, you're, you're like, what? unprepared. You're just like, you what freeze. the fuck? And that's what happens a lot in sexual trauma is that mm-hmm. person freezes. There's no fight. There's no flight. They just freeze. Because it's information that they are not prepared yeah. to process. You, you can't process any of that, especially in real time. Mm-hmm. It's the first time especially something as a child, especially without having any knowledge of this. With a, a family member who you're With supposed to adult, trust? With an adult, you already have a position of authority because they're older than you because they're family member. It gets real. Yeah. It, that shit's heavy. It is, it is. So, teach them about what their body parts are actually called. Teach them about consent. It can go outside of sex. Um, She doesn't want to be my friend. That's okay. Sometimes you have to to accept their no. That's more than okay. You know? You want people who want to be your friend. That that just shows you that's somebody that doesn't, you know, that doesn't vibe with you. See all your life, baby? Yeah. Like, if they can't see what you bring to the table, then they probably aren't meant to come to the table. And that's okay. There are lots but, of tables yeah, there's, all there's a, Big restaurant. Consent <laughs> applies to many various areas of life. Right. So, teach, teach them consent. It's a valuable life skill. Exactly. <laughs> Recognizing and setting boundaries, respecting boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I would also say with masturbation, know that toddlers self-explore. They're learning about life. <laughs> they are learning about life. And in learning about life, they're also learning about their body. And they're touching their body. And they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out what happens. And if they touch their penis or their vagina, whatever parts are down there, 
they, huh? Man, little stimulation. Y'all. Well, this feels good. Uh, why would I stop? <laughs> I'm continuing doing it. Look, preaching to the choir. So that's where you teach them about. Um, you can start with the pleasure. You can start with, um, but not shaming it. Like you know, if you would like to do this, this is something that you can do in your room. You know. You want to make sure that it's healthy masturbation. And people think because they're mm, young that's true. that it's not healthy. And it's like, what's wrong with touching your own body? It makes someone else uncomfortable. Now, again. Because if I'm in my room, room by myself right. touching my own body, what's wrong with that? Right. That's the key. Don't be out here on the subway. Going crazy. Stop it. And you, can, and you can take that time to teach your child about different types of pleasure. You can teach them about mm-hmm. sensuality, giving themselves massages mm-hmm. and stretching and, and touching different parts to see what pleasure points they, they have. So they know themselves. Yeah, that's very true. You know, again, prepare them for this world. They going to figure it out anyway. They may figure it out in a way you don't want. So you better watch out. That's all I'm saying. And the last part I think that needs to be stressed about what to tell kids is that sex is a natural part of life. It's a natural part of life in the sense that it is both used for pleasure and reproduction. So I'm talking to the homophobes out there currently. Mm. Pleasure. Probably not listening, but okay. (laughs) Sometimes we get them. They don't know all our episodes. That's true. But um, this whole (laughs) sex is for reproduction. They can't have babies. How many, every single time you have sex, you want to produce a child? Really? Is that, is that what's happening? Why do condoms exist then? Tell me. You're also (laughs) admitting that, um, older people shouldn't have sex, so. Oh, yeah. You, you can't have a child. You can't have a child. So So why are you having sex? All older people should just stop having sex. Humans have sex for pleasure. Other, other species have sex for pleasure too. We're not the only ones. Yeah. (laughs) So. That was always a really stupid argument. It is. These things fall apart with a couple of questions, y'all. Exactly. Just really, just really take exactly. a second, question that shit. They can't answer it. So yes, yeah, sex is a natural part of life to the point that how we decided that we are going to raise our children is to teach them about mating. Yes, mating is the term we're going to use. That's how we're going to yep. use it in first because that's how we can apply it to different species. Because for me and my family, whenever we were around <laughs> animals... We always had to, saw them having sex. Like we've seen <laughs> turtles, we've seen flamingos. I've never even like what is turtle turtles? Have doggy sex? style, doggy style. Okay. <laughs> giraffes. Okay, so how did doggy style too? Was giraffes? So the giraffes. Um, so we've also seen mating behavior as well. So the giraffes. Um, the female giraffe was peeing, and then the male giraffe was licking her pee. And I think it has something okay. to do with pheromones to see if she's in heat. Um, but yeah, so we saw that and then, uh, we were in the, at the New Jersey zoo. It's a drive through zoo uh-huh. and, uh, we were all in the car as my parents, my sister, my nephew and my niece and I, and, uh, we saw a ostrich like flapping its, its wings back and forth. And my dad said jokingly, Oh, it's doing its mating dance. No sooner than we know the male ostrich hobbles over to the female ostrich and plops down. <laughs> We were like, why is this always happening to us? We've always seen it. So, like, and I plan to teach my children about the animal world, and they're going to see mating. Because yeah, it's a it's natural, natural part of life. Again, both in reproduction and pleasure. Come so on, I'm man. definitely going to apply that to humans as well. It all makes sense to me. Well, I mean, that's why we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And I'm thankful for having a partner who's on the same page with me about that. Because I will be talking to my kids about sex. Yeah. And I will be talking to your kids about sex when they come to see me for therapy because you didn't. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. We have to deal with that. Speaking from experience, so preemptively before that happens, talk to your children. And a lot of times, it's not even nothing negative. It's just they don't feel like they can talk to their parents. Mm. And it's like for me, I would rather you talk to an adult who has your best interests at heart and not gonna like you know manipulate you, you know. So, just think about these things. But all right, next question. All right. Um. Ooh, yeah. You want to call it? It's heads. Damn. Oh, damn. No, that's totally gone. That's totally gone. It totally dropped, like, multiple times. Look at that heads. Whatever. All right, so, um, the next question is, (laughs) what were you sexually shamed for? All right, I was sexually shamed for, uh... Hmm. Well, for masturbating, we talked about that a yes. little bit earlier uh-huh. with the whole abstinence shit. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I was also sexually shamed for for shit that wasn't true. Like, um, so my ex famously said some fuck shit yeah. <laughs> about the size size of said uh, genitalia of mine. <laughs> Certain opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, which obviously wasn't true. At all. <laughs> the bitch lied. <laughs> but it was like a hurtful thing. So this goes back to I like... Mean she said it to hurt you, yes. Yes. So it goes right back to the sexual uh, mm-hmm. um, and emotional connection that we was talking about. So mm-hmm. when you have sex with somebody that you actually do fuck with and connect with, or supposedly you think you do, <laughs> um, depending on what y'all are going through, what they say and how you interact sexually definitely can affect the way that you view yourself and the way that you show up within your own body. So even though nothing in my body has changed, literally, I'm still the same size because, you know, you At can't... At a certain point, you stop growing. You stop growing, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So I'm still the same size, but um, it didn't last too long. But, like, maybe, like, a week or two after that, I was literally out here questioning, like, damn, this much is more? Damn, 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 damn. Is my stroke game weak? <laughs> just doing all the questions like, damn, did I just, uh, she, she tell the truth? Um, it was all for her to hurt me. But at the time, um, the reason why it was, I was allowed, like, allowed to get through that far was because I was insecure within our relationship, mm-hmm. you know? So that's one of the things that I was shamed on. It was more like a sexual, um, the way I showed up for sex versus, like, uh, mm-hmm. sex itself. Um, and then, like, overall, when it comes to religion, I think I had, because of religion's um, influence in my life earlier on um, in high school and such, and with my, my mom as well. Mm-hmm. Can't can't forget to mention that. She's very religious. Um, and she, you know, carried me to church and all that other stuff, so they, they don't preach, like, sex positivity. At right? all. <laughs> Oh, you gotta on. be married. Who's a virgin upon marriage? Yeah, I. I <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. When I was a kid, I really thought these adults weren't fucking. <laughs> what? How wrong you were. How wrong I was. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways. 
So, uh, with that being said, when I was shamed in the church, I think that shame kind of carried over to my own self, Mm -hmm. where I was shaming me for being so uh, sexually driven. Like, I have, like, a really high sex drive, Mm -hmm. um, and when I gave myself permission to just be like, yo, I have a high sex drive, I like to have sex, I can have sex a lot and often and well, uh, that's okay. <laughs> and it's like that's okay. That's not something to, you know, shame myself about. And I don't have to. I also don't have to tie it to a specific uh, relationship or dynamic that someone else says is okay in order mm-hmm. to have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was one of the biggest things yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, because I thought I needed to be in a relationship um, on my way towards marriage mm-hmm. to even interact with somebody sexually, and that's not true. I've had sexual chemistry with them. Some women that I knew for sure, like you ain't the one. Hell no, you gonna be tonight, like <laughs> or like uh, you know, d- to through the duration of like whenever we have this connection. But I don't see it going past that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, after I got past that point, I was good. But those were the things I was shaming myself for. It's just like sex overall, and like having sex within the dynamics of. Of things that were deemed acceptable yeah. um, in society. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was me. Um, I'm trying to think of any other thing. Nothing else. I have, I have I like some some kinks that I am not gonna like, disclose mm-hmm. on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not shamed uh, for them because one, nobody knows, <laughs> and two, <laughs> uh, I I don't really care what other people think at this point when it comes to my. Uh, Sexual preferences. Like, that's not really for you to know. If I disclose it, all the stuff on the podcast I disclose, I don't mind sharing because that's basic me to mm-hmm. me. Any other stuff, like, that's between me and my partner and partners. And, uh, you know, if if we enjoy it and we cool with it, we cool with it. You know? Yeah. They don't need to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What would you say you were sexually shamed for? Because it seems like, what I know, you were very sexually liberated. But did it start out this way? Um, others tried to shame me, and I wouldn't be shamed. <laughs> but I will tell you what others tried to shame me for. Um, so I will definitely say that while I was also like familiar with the church dialogue of no sex before yep. marriage, I also came from a family with teen pregnancies. So I was well aware of that myth being debunked. You know, like they was fucking, right? Like before marriage. My sister was five when my parents got married. I was aware that that shit was, okay, <laughs> you say that. <laughs> right, I was very aware. Um, however, I did have, especially for um, my first time, I did have the restriction of being in a relationship. Um, and that I think was more so because of the emotional connection. Um, of how I wanted, especially for my first time, I wanted an emotional connection with my sexual partner. Mm. Um, and I don't regret my first experience at all because I was comfortable. I was connected. Same. Like, yeah, that was, I w- it was a good sexual experience, um, especially for my first time. Yeah. So I definitely, I had that restriction of no sex outside of relationships. And once I had sex and I was like, this shit feel good. Why the fuck? Because the first time I had sex, I think it was four months after we started dating. And then mm. the next guy, I think it was the same night we got into a relationship, we had sex. So, like, time was getting shorter. 
I'll say. And then the guy after that, it was no relationship. Because <laughs> I was, because I was like, sex feels good. Why am I restricting myself? Why am I only being in relationships? I want to have sex. Like, it feels good. Why? Why? Right? So, and when I was actively having sex outside of relationships, I felt like other people had that restriction for themselves and they would put that on me. But yeah. by that so time, that's the thing. Yep, yeah, that's by so that true. time I had already questioned and I was like, well, that doesn't that's make sense so to me. I like having sex. Why am I restricting myself? I don't have to. So you can restrict yourself. That's cool. But I'm not have to. And don't put that shit on me. That's your shit. So I was, I was very much aware that like, I'm going to do, you got there though. You got there. <laughs> um, but I'm going to do me. So yeah. So that, um, and then both in high school and in college, I had multiple sexual partners, sometimes at the same time. Now it wasn't at always, the same time. it wasn't always ethical, but was it ethical? yeah, but it did like, as I'm on my polyamory journey, my non-monogamy journey, it made me realize, oh, I've always been non-monogamous. Like, oh yeah, that, that was, mm-hmm. mm. um, just didn't know what it was called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, nor that it was a, a thing. A thing. <laughs> yeah. And definitely I'm a lot more ethical and communicative and everything's based on consent now. Um, but yeah, people shame me for having multiple partners. Um, for me, it was fun. I got to get to know different people and different people, you know, meet different sexual needs as well. Um, so, and I like sex. Like I had a much higher sex drive when I was younger and I was also drinking a lot in college that probably contributed, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I like sex and sex wasn't a bad thing for me. So why the fuck not? Why can't I? And I was practicing safe sex. So I was not getting tested all the time. Again, awareness now. Need to know that now. I love getting tested. It just yeah. makes me feel good. <laughs> I know. I think there was shame around getting tested. Like I, when I was first getting tested, I didn't, I was having sex in high school. I didn't get tested till I was in college. Because they had the free testing. Yeah, I love you that. Know? I, Versus the doctor. Like, the doctors didn't make it a sex-positive environment yeah. for me. I had been going to the gynecologist in high school. They didn't make it a sex-positive environment. They would ask me how many partners I had. And I felt the shame coming from them with that. Especially because yeah. I was a teenager. How many partners have you had? Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't a sex-positive environment <laughs> where I could be open. Hella of, judgment. Just right? that's there on your ass. Um... And then even about testing, I didn't want to ask them about testing. Mm -hmm. And then they had this backward ass fucking system of you getting STD tested. And then if they didn't call you, nothing was wrong. Bitch, I need a call. Let me know. So now you get your printout results. That, Thank you. That, that's so dumb. <laughs> right? That's so, so, that's so like, dumb. I'm already having anxiety around getting tested shit. You know why that's so no? Because then, what if you just assume you don't have anything, and then you actually do, because you haven't had a call in maybe like a week. Yeah. And then you infect a whole bunch of people. You know how many people you could infect within that's a week? That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's so dumb. Yeah. So, so d there was definitely shame around STD testing and the culture at large, and I did, I was ashamed of that. But that definitely, with you, broke open. When you were so nonchalant about it and it was just a natural part of the sexual experience, I was like, wait, why Why do I have shame around this? I should be. It just, should be just a regular as the consent to have sex. So thank you for opening my eyes to that. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Oh, uh, Hampton has a thing called the Walk of Shame where it's from oh, the Harvest yeah. Apartments back to the, the dorms. <laughs> Because I was sleeping with people who had apartments and I would walk back to my dorm in the morning. 36A. Why is it called the walk of shame? I wanted to have sex. He wanted to have sex. We agreed on having sex and we had sex. 
what is there to be shamed about? Because I'm walking back in the morning. So I spent the night. I didn't want to walk back late at night. Like if you question these things, they don't make any logical oh, it sense. It takes a little bit of question. I keep telling y'all. <laughs> at all. Don't just accept this bullshit face to face value. Yeah. I think another one. It made me aware of the concern, but I still didn't fully understand it. So, you know about the girl code and the guy code? Where in basically, what, what basically you don't sleep with the person's friends. So, oh, if, oh, you, okay. if you have yeah. your girls, you wouldn't sleep. So, say she got an ex. You're not going to sleep with him, be with him. Your boy's... You're not going to sleep with her, be with her, right? It's mm-hmm. the girl code, the guy code, right? However, I was in a lot of friend circles. And sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. But to me, in my experience, the friends knew. And they didn't care. So I was like, well, why do I care? Mm-hmm. Especially because it was the girls who was shaming me for it. Like, they're friends and stuff, and you shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, but they're cool with one another. So why... I don't, I don't get it. And, and for me, I feel like this is the topic of possession. She's Mm. mine. So you can't have her, even though we're no longer together. Right. And I feel like that shit is part of toxic monogamy. I'm no one's first off. I'm me, myself and I. Me, myself and I. Talk about it. Right. Um, also I think that you can't help who you connect to. And if people are friends, that means they have some mutual. There's mutual connections. There's mutual values, mutual interests. So to deny a connection because of it's like it actually would make more sense. You you know exactly. That's why in a lot of I've been um, some on this this tip with polygamy. Just learning more about it. Just because I'm not polygamous. I'm polyamorous. There's a difference. It's different culture, different mentality. No, (laughs) no, no. Hold on. At all. At all. At all. However, I think what was happening was I was uh, uh, researching about different cultures and cultures outside of the U.S. I mean, there is polyamory globally, but um, but the the cultures I was looking at, it was more polygamy. Mm -hmm. So I think um, one culture was maybe Mongolia. It was somewhere in Asia. And uh, basically, a woman had... um, multiple husbands and the husbands were the brothers and to them it was like well my child is gonna have the same dna you know like it's it's it was it was something like that like it is different and then yeah well siblings don't necessarily indicate similarities but it was it was more of that concept of the husbands knowing each other basically um so yeah so it it what is the problem? Maybe people aren't over people, but and I, but I think the big thing yeah. is that that possession thing. Like even if I am over this person, you can't have her. Why? Hmm. <sighs> so our next and final question for two sides, same mm-hmm. coin. You call it? Oh, it's your turn to call. And call. Tails. 
You flip that again. <laughs> <laughs> I let you have the last one. Tails. Ha! Still oh, got it. Right. You did call that. Uh-huh. What's the question? What we got? <clears throat> so how do you be sexually liberated in a world that shames sex? You stop giving a fuck about what other people think. Uh, you honestly have to boil it down to like, what I said earlier. Like like I said, there's certain aspects of my sexual uh, appetite and relationships that I want and desire that are nobody else's fucking business. And even if they were, I wouldn't care about what you thought because <laughs> you're not doing it with me um, unless you're trying to engage. Ladies, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, unless like you're someone who I want to connect with and have that, uh, sexual experience with, it doesn't really matter. Um, if you were in my past and you had some sexual relationship with me, that was a past sexual person. That's someone who no longer exists, um, in the sexual sense. Like Mm -hmm. I've developed different tastes. I've developed different, um, ways of, uh, connecting to people on a physical intimate level. So even in that like, there's no sense of ownership like we were talking about earlier. Where it's like, oh, well, I got him. Like, that shit often happens with men. We do that shit where it's like, oh, I I beat or, like, I hit. And it's like as if you have some type of dominance over the person or ownership or, I don't know, some edge or whatever it might be, like, over the woman who you just had sex with or the partner who you just had sex with. It's like, doesn't really matter. That moment is a moment of connection. If you're looking at it as like some type of power dynamic or something else like that, usually I'm not trying to fuck with you either way. Um, power dynamics and other freaky shit within the context of sex, <laughs> I'm down for it. But sex in itself mm-hmm. as that power dynamic, yeah. nah. Yeah. You can't really do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's the way to do it. It's just not give a fuck. Um, keep your stuff private. I'm not saying you got to be like, um, for, for the stuff that I disclose, some people might be like, yo, that was a lot. For me, not really. Um, for other people, they'd be like, well, why don't you just tell us the rest of this stuff? And and some people are hella open, like, I know I love this or I love that. And they're like, I'm like, damn, that's that's what you like and you're just yeah. out here with it. So that's I'm, cool. I'm I'm more open. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm more open. I talk about shit. But, right. Um, so it's up to you. But no matter what. If someone, like, my, my whole point is if someone finds out, like, it's, like if somebody, like, leaked a sex tape with me or some shit, mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, that's how I was fucking. Mm-hmm. I would hope I was having a good day that day. <laughs> Usually. Don't see something. Hey, look. Don't see me at my best. All right, look. <laughs> 99.9% of the time, your boy's on point. So, I'm, I'm usually good out Blame here. So, I'm not too worried about that. Leak the tape, goddammit. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I would agree, and say not to care. Yeah. Because like you were saying earlier, if I'm cool with it and the person I'm with is cool with it, why does your opinion matter? Right. Even if you do a solo, it's just you and you. Right? You cool with you? Cool. But you're not in a room with me, so why does your opinion matter about what I'm doing in the room without you? Living in your uh your head rent free. That's the that's the the, the definition of it. Yeah. Like. Why the fuck is this motherfucker in your head right now while you're trying to please yourself and mm-hmm. connect with another person or with yourself? Mm-hmm. What the fuck does this need to get that motherfucker out your head? Mm-hmm. I got shit to do with that. And that never made sense to me, especially in college. Like, Hampton is a conservative, more Christian-based it school. Is. I didn't realize it for real. I until... didn't either. <laughs> I was like, the fuck? 
But it's the South. It's the HBCU. I get and it. I still Shit. love it. You know, still love it. It's got its moments. But um, <laughs> still love my experience. Here we go. How about that? <laughs> I mean, overall, overall I wouldn't trade it for the world. Great, yeah, but yeah. um, but there was just you know some things that it needs to work on. Um, sexual shaming being one of them. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause yeah, even that's a whole nother fucking story about and, uh, Kyle Hampton yeah, handled think... sex. God, visitation in Ogden, like <laughs> during the presentations uh, orientation, like didn't they show those uh, screens of uh, STDs? And did they? All that? Uh, yeah, Jesus. they did. They do that shit. Mind you, we're all adults in college, and yet they're still treating us like we're kids. I mean, we still got curfews. And still treating us like we're not going to have sex. The fuck? (laughs) But yeah, I I never understood it. Like, you're not in the room. Why is your voice in here? I don't get it. So yeah, don't care. Don't care. Um, And question why people do. Mm. Question why people care. Um, It's usually because they restricted their self. Exactly. And mad because you aren't. That's your shit. That's your shit. Don't dim my light because you ain't lit. lit no. Come on now. Um, also know that you aren't wrong. Mm. Like, we live in a culture that shames sex. But outside of this culture that is largely based on religion, mm-hmm. sexuality is nothing to be ashamed of because it happens in nature. Yep, happens in nature. It feels good. It like, creates as the potential to create life. What yeah. are the downsides of it? It allows it only, for connection. The only downsides happen when you aren't educated in it. Or intentionally shame it. So know that you may be in a world surrounding you that shames it, but you aren't wrong. Right. They are. Yep. And more and more people are starting to realize that, which is yes. why I'm hopeful. But yo, this is like every other idea. We were talking about this earlier in oh, the morning. Yeah. It's like the people who are ahead of their time mm-hmm. are often crucified. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean. <laughs> are often like, you know, they're often the martyrs for the ideas that are the correct in the moral sense or even in the scientific sense sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. In the in the Life future, changes. you know, so it's like people who are, people will know that like they'll they'll say like I'm not that progressive or like I know you're right but I, I you better than me. People will say these things knowing that like okay so then that must be the right way to go about it. You're just not willing, willing. to do the work to get there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not committed to growth. I had so. to accept that and realize that. You better than me, and then that's it. That's all they say. Yeah, because I'm constantly focusing on my growth. Whereas you are completely okay being stagnant. Yeah. It's a cop-out. It's like uh, the, it's like the toxic person who says, well, shit, you know, I'm just like this. And you guys this work with that. This is who I am. I always fuck up with this. It's like. So you don't want to be better for yourself? So even if you're warning me about that, you should be warning me within the context of like. I'm oh, this, working on it. <laughs> right. Like, yo, I have this problem. And I'm working my ass off on it. If you could bear with me on this, I have all these other good qualities. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like, this is it. This is how I am. So take it. Love it or leave it. And it's like, all right. <laughs> Bye. Leave it. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, w- I would say to that point also to challenge the narrative. Like the only way we're going to get to a sex positive world is if we challenge the narrative that currently exists. If we yeah. challenge the status quo. That's how change happens. Yeah. Gotta make these motherfuckers uncomfortable. 
But then, eventually, people get on the right side. You yeah. know, they realize it's not so scary. You can think about almost every issue. People the come earth around. used to be flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to be illegal. So it's about to be, I can't wait, I can't wait. And then when everybody, if you personally listen Yo. to this podcast, you ain't never smoked before, just wait. Watch, uh, if you are uh, a fan of Matt Pack's game theory, film theory, or food theory, watch Good. his food theory on coffee. Yes, it's a great episode and explains the future uh, substance. The, basically, every couple of um, eras, there's a substance that changes the way the psyche and the uh, the, the way, way people think. look at, at the world. Yes. Right? So during the Renaissance era, uh, era it was coffee, mm-hmm. and we're entering a new era of a substance being marijuana. Mar- yeah, cannabis, marijuana, <laughs> all that stuff, all the hemp, everything that's yeah. going to be used for these things. Mm-hmm. Are gonna be the new staple for what is a the new consciousness drug pushing people forward, mm-hmm. and the benefits of that are gonna be introspection, um, ease of anxiety, um, and ease of other ailments. And also, I think to me, you know, how they used to say like marijuana is like a gateway drug to harder drugs. I think if you do it correctly and if you're in the right space, which you can do with education, same thing as sex, mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a gateway to you. Towards introspection, yeah, yeah. Towards you actually figuring stuff out within you. Your internal world. Your internal world. Mm-hmm. You know? Again, if you do it correctly. And it's not for everyone. Remember to watch our previous episode, Sunday High, Weed is Legal. Yes. <laughs> and if you smoke with your boy, the quality of the people you smoke with also yes. determines a lot. If you smoke with me, we're going to have some deep introspective conversations, my friend. As we did this morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, all right. That's uh. I think is that it. Um, it? I think just how to yeah. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah, cause yeah. we we kind of running yeah, over y'all. Yeah. We go. We just this might be a long one. It's gonna be a long one. <laughs> it's all good but, though. Uh, but we knew this would take some time to talk about. It's an important episode. It's a great topic. So I hope y'all are enjoying. Uh, we'll be right back. Yes. With the next segment. Either or. Both and. <laughs> Stay you know tuned. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll be right back. Peace for now. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back to us. Yeah, we're back. Yes. Welcome back, people. And this time with our either or. Both and. Segment. Yes. <laughs> so let's get to it. What's All the first right. one? So the first question is. Mm-hmm. Either you're allowed to twerk at brunch. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> or leave the establishment. <laughs> yeah. You forgot we had that question. I forgot we had this question. <laughs> you came up with it. I know that. Uh, pass me. <laughs> Present me. Thanks you. <laughs> um, shit. I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, you're allowed to twerk at brunch. Because for, never mind. You're allowed to twerk at brunch. I thought they were going into my explanation already. Go ahead. Um... I don't know if I should play devil's advocate. Ooh, is it time for me to bring out the nah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> twerk at brunch? Go ahead. Okay. Well, the reason why I say you should be able to twerk at brunch is because, first of all, to all my youngins out there listening to the podcast, there's going to come a point in time where you get older. Mm-hmm. And that alcohol, it hit a little bit different. Body ain't working. The it same. hit a little different. Let me tell you. 
Your boy Oso. Uncle, come, come listen to Uncle Oso. He's trying to put you on game real quick. Like, um, yeah, the alcohol recovery rate gets a little bit longer yeah, when you get older. And oh, the pain. <laughs> you think you have a hangover. You don't know what a hangover is until you get to your yeah, mid know. to late 20s slash early 30s. And, and speaking That's of body changes, your sleep time, <laughs> your bedtime is getting earlier and earlier. Earlier and earlier. I can't make it to the club starting at 11. Starting start- at 11? That's my start- bedtime. I'm out for the count. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, just totally different way of going about lifestyles. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we are young adults. We are adults that are still energetic and still have want to have fun and dance. So there comes in the option of the brunch. Mm -hmm. Um, They're mostly brunches in in D.C. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But we usually call them day parties out here um, in the Bay. And it's like same, same thing, basically. The idea is... You have food, you have drinks, you have good company, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the daytime, yes. and you know, you turn up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's some level of clashiness because it's in the day, mm-hmm. but you still have fun. Yeah. So you can twer- twerking, yes. yes. Twer- what the fuck? Twerk, yes. Do that. You know? On my, uh, preferably. Uh, you know what I'm saying? While twerking we dancing. Twerking on that day. Hey, twerking on that day. Hey, twerking on that You know what I'm saying? That's just how we dance and how we move. We can we stop acting like we don't know who we are as black people? Like we don't like to dance and have fun and have a good time. As long as we ain't hurting nobody and we aren't causing an actual disruption towards the whole overall environment, what's the problem? So obviously, you know we're talking about that shit that went down in Atlanta, right? Right. <laughs> or was it it was Houston, um it was Texas, I think. Was it? Yeah, it was Texas. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, um, that shit. Yes. <laughs> I'll look it up. It's either Texas or Atlanta. I think it was Texas, though. I don't know. I thought it was Atlanta. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Y'all tell us. Y'all let us know. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, either way, the point still stands. <laughs> and, and in that discussion, someone was saying about DC brunch culture and how mm-hmm. it's basically a day party with food. Right. And I was like, that sounds fun as shit. But apparently, this uh, business owner did not. This restaurant. He was not pro. He did not want that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he he went on his whole rant, mm-hmm. went viral. Everybody's been talking about it. Mm-hmm. So we chimed in, obviously, yeah. and I am forever gonna support us Being embracing us. us. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? And the fact that he was like, it's, I'm it seemed like he was shaming us. Yeah, he was know? like, I'm trying to be black culture and all this stuff, and I'm like, then you also know that this is black culture. Right. And I understand there's a time and place for everything, but again, if you are at a brunch, that is literally the time and place. I mean, playing people the music. Play, people are saying the same thing. They say you're playing the music and all this other stuff. Now, to play devil's advocate or to try to see what the other side is saying, I understand you having an establishment and you wanting to set the tone of what that establishment is. Cool. It's your business. Yeah. But at the same time, the way that you go about that in itself sets a tone. Mm-hmm. So the tone that you set, which went viral for that reason... Is disrespect to the patrons on one side mm-hmm. that are, are doing your uh, twerking in your restaurant, mm-hmm. but you also disrespecting all the other people on the other side who might have thought about twerking but didn't, or was, or, just, or was just enjoying the atmosphere yeah. and was chill and wasn't wanting to be disrespected and talked to as if they were little kids, 
you know. Yeah. My question to those other patrons was, were they, did they complain? Right. Or was it all him? Exactly. So you also have to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. And again, if it's your establishment, you can operate it however way you want to. But you also have to deal with the repercussions. I wouldn't be coming back. Right. That's it. And he said, I don't need your money. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, talk is a lot different than mm-hmm. actual actions. We in a pandemic and you running people out your restaurant. Whoa. They were <laughs> packed in there like sardines. That's why I thought it was Atlanta. Because I was like. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> it could be Atlanta or Texas. Because, yeah. you know, neither one. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. <laughs> it's like mask. <laughs> Poor mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that's my answer to that. I think we both agree on this one. Yes. <laughs> So I also would like to point out that we live in a patriarchal society and that is why shaming of sex centers women. Mm-hmm. We don't shame sex as much with men. Right. So much, we actually celebrate it more with men yeah. when they have sex. And we celebrate it in a way that's um, more quantitative versus qualitative. Exactly. So we like numbers, numbers. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can get that girl, you can get that girl, you can mm-hmm. get that girl. Ooh, you the man. Mm-hmm. Versus... Wow, you have had these many successful, healthy relationships and connections. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You've taught these women this, and they've taught you that. Wow, you've grown from that in this way. That's how Iowa would like us to, us fellas totally to start looking at relationships. Because mm-hmm. with that, you also level up your own interpretation of yourself and own view of yourself. Because you're no longer looking at your own self as just... Oh, I'm giving away some dick. I'm going to hit that. I'm going to hit this. Mm-hmm. You're like, I need a connection before all that. Or exactly. at least bare minimum. Yeah. But it's all centered around women being shamed. Yeah. So coming from that perspective of how we're shamed, women are shamed for our sexuality. Also, black women. Mm, Even worse. We are hypersexualized and then shamed for our sexuality. Now, I would like to... I was a slave master bullshit. Exactly. Yeah, you break it down. Because they were attracted Mm -hmm. to us. What kind of sense does this make? Because they were attracted to us because our bodies was a little bit better than the white woman. Curves. Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. And then we also, (laughs) like, again, the owner talking down or talking up black culture while talking down black Mm -hmm. culture, I'm like, well, then you don't know black culture. Because twerking goes all the way back to the continent. You already know that. We get down. We move, we, we dance, we time. shake. And as I've been growing in my womanhood and my feminine energy and relating myself to my sacral chakra, which is in my pelvic region, twerking accesses my sacral chakra. It connects me to my feminine energy. That's loose. There's nothing to be shamed about that. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So again, that's the pinnacle of me as a black woman. And that's why I take issue with your statements. Yeah. Now, sure, dancing on furniture, yeah, come on now. That's different. You know. But uh, just as far as twerking. Right. If we twerking and having a good time listening to music like, and eating your food. Exactly. <laughs> to the point, and I put this in the um, one of the Facebook groups, but Hampton University had a PowerPoint presentation in Ogden. Hampton women don't twerk. <laughs> Hampton ladies do not twerk. Hampton men do not take twerkers home to mom. Shit. I was like, you obviously never been to Holland or Ballroom. 
home to my mama. But, but again, that's <laughs> shaming. That's saying a classy lady won't mm. twerk. But again, twerking is just dancing. It's embracing our femininity, embracing our sexuality. What the fuck is wrong with that if you're not shaming sex in the first place, especially when it's centered around women? Yeah. Question things, people. Yeah. It's a lot of projection, man. Like men who have no self control then say you need to cover up so they can feel less insecure about the fact that they have no control. That's your shit. That's your shit. Don't dim my light because you not lit. Yeah, that's how it go. <sighs> All right, what's next? What, what we got All right, here? the next one. This is, this is our last question? Or? Yeah, last question. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> this one by fast. Yeah. The first one was long. <laughs> yeah, you know, two sides, we got into it. Yeah. Um, You can either be sexy or slutty. Mm. I'll be slutty. Yeah, I think I'm going to be slutty too. <laughs> because for me, it's like just fuck you. Fuck you and your definition of shaming my sexuality. Right. Because what's a slut? What's a hoe? What's a thought? A woman who has sex. Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> I se- Again, sex is nothing to be ashamed of. Sex for pleasure is nothing to be ashamed of. Embracing your sexuality and your sensuality is nothing to mm-hmm. be ashamed of. It's men who don't like the fact that women are now empowered in choosing their sexual experiences that defines women as sluts. That's what's happening. So call, call me a hoe, call me a slut, whatever. Yeah, you ain't gonna be getting this pussy. Mm. There you go. Uh, for me, yeah, it's the same, pretty, pretty much the same concept broken down. It's like, if someone is sexy, that means they are appealing and attractive to someone's eye and you would like to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. If someone is slutty, you're saying the same thing. Except you're judging the fact that other people want to actually have sex with them or not. So sexy is like an object that you want to do, but you haven't done anything. Uh, like it's se- classier. It's, right, right. It's like sexy. You're sexualizing like her body and mm-hmm. everything else about her. She's sexy. Mm-hmm. But slutty is when an action is taken upon that sexiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not you. Exactly. And even if it is you, you're judging yourself on it. Therefore, judging like, her. You had sex too, bro. Right, <laughs> but because you—it's a self-judgment, but it's a projection on him. Mm-hmm. Because you felt bad about your uncomfortability with having sex with her without any judgment, you're gonna put that judgment on her versus it being on you. Versus you saying like, "Damn, man, I don't feel good having sex with all these women." You're not gonna say no shit like that. You're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm the man, and she's a slut." <laughs> That's it. That's all you're gonna do. So I would rather be slutty because. The only difference between sexy and slutty is the action taken upon, which would be my consent, obviously, and then the perception that comes with it, which is other people thinking that, oh, I'm having sex with such and such. Mm -hmm. And that number, whatever number is in your head, because again, it's subjective, that would make me slutty versus being sexy. Body count was invented by men to shame women for their sexuality. And I think that's pretty much done with at this point. Because most women don't even ask... uh, you know, answer that question. Yeah, the scene and I is like counting. stupid. Like, yeah, um, because my number ain't that high, I probably could count, but I don't. Like, I have to think. You know, I don't have a number in my head. Like, oh, it's this. It's not like a credit score type shit. Like, what the fuck? Especially as as I've started exploring women 
I'm, you can't I'm keep not up. counting. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to keep up Sex with that? Sex is different with women. I'm not the hell. Nope. <laughs> that ain't going to work. Nope. That nope. ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and again, why does it matter to you? Ain't nothing you or I can do about my past experiences. Why does it matter to you? Right. I would want to know more, and this is what I'm saying, like, what does that tell you about the person? That doesn't really tell you much about them. Mm-hmm. If if you ask, like, what was the quality of your relationships or how do you practice safe, safe sex, if at all, um, when's the last time you got tested, that tells you more about the person, which is, I think, a lot more relevant to you. Um, how do they connect with sex and uh, relationships? Asking those questions are way more important. Yeah. Um, assuming that they might have been in a bad place or slutty or whole phase or whatever, like, you think that they might be because they were having sex in the past mm-hmm. doesn't tell you anything about the person that they are. Because, yes, yeah, some people go through whole phases, quote-unquote, for those who can't see my quotations in, uh, on audio. And, again, a whole phase is you enjoying sexual your sexual exploration. That's it. liberation. That's all it is. It's you exploring your sexual desires. So what's without, wrong with that? You know, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not. So. It's not. To me, it's sexy to be sexually liberated. To mm. me, it's sexy to sexually explore yourself and other people. To me, it's sexy to be sexually empowered. To me, it's sexy to be confident in your sexuality. To me, it's sexy to be connected to your feminine energy. Mm. And I'm not going to let you shame me for what I consent to do with the people I choose. Right, and what you think is sexy. Because guess what? Who that matters to is you and who you decide to deal with. No one else. So y'all can fuck the right... Fuck off! Like, just be out. Right? Because no one really cares what you got to say. And see, that's the thing. And that's the thing. Like, for me, when I was choosing sexual partners, I was well aware of the guys and how they viewed women and Mm. if they respected women or not. And if I could see that, because usually I was, like, friends with people or around people, if I could see that, then no, you're not getting any. Like, the fuck? You don't want to give your... uh, Any type of pleasure or sexual experience to someone... Yeah, to someone who you don't. You're not you don't gonna get my body. With. My body's a prize. Right. You're not gonna. Uh-uh. Right. You don't deserve me. Boom. Well, all right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. We got into it today. Yes. You know how we do. Uh, a lot of juicy conversations. Y'all know about my sexual uh, preferences and shit now. Mm-hmm. Y'all like what? Y'all and, like freaky shit. <laughs> and share your experiences with us. We're interested in hearing them. Especially for our listeners abroad. We're definitely interested to, yeah. to what sexuality is viewed as in other countries. For sure. Because like, America's view of sex is very conservative in general speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Even though we're very uh, hypersexualized media right. entertainment, you know. Um, but yeah, I... I I recall in France, like the sex shops were just open and everything else like that. So I, I know, yeah. And so I know there are places, and I know our, our listeners are international. Appreciate yes. y'all. Thank you so much. Shout out to y'all in Germany, yes. my folks. Germany, yes, we saw a bunch of cities in hey. Germany listening in. Thank Look, you. we appreciate you out How here. You find us. Let I don't us know. know. <laughs> Share to your friends though. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Yes, thank you. Um, and yeah, it, it's based on the culture of whatever country's there. So I want to know more yeah. uh, about those cultures Teach when it comes to sex, when it comes to a lot of topics that we mm-hmm. talk about here. So let this be just the first of many conversations that we start internationally. Yes. <laughs> about something that desperately needs to be discussed. Right. Yeah. 
So yes, to those abroad um, and to those here in the U.S., thank you so much for listening, thank for joining you. us. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Yes. I'm be out. It's your boy Elso. Thank you so much for listening to It's So Real with your girl Rocky. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yes, I'm excited. Peace. And love. Always. <laughs> we out.